Hey guys, it is December 31st, 2017, and you are listening to the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Isaac, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, car whatever, and boy oh boy, it's the last day of 2017, and that of course means that I owe some kind of recap list uh, for you guys with things opining about the terrible year that we've had, and instead of going back on the year that we've had and remembering cars that have been canceled or won't be coming back, or car stories that were crazy and, like, nuts, I'm instead going to talk about three subjects that I think are more interesting going into 2018. Uh, One is going to be about a car that is uh, coming out, that we know is coming out very soon, that we have some details on. Uh, The second story, a little bit about a car that we don't really know a whole lot about. And then third, a car that we think we know something about, but we don't really know a whole lot either. Um, I'm assuming that all three are going to be fully detailed in the next couple of weeks at the uh, North American International Auto Show in Detroit, the opposite side of Michigan, of where I reside. Uh, A lot of news stories hopefully kind of coming out there. It's weird because a lot of automakers are leaking their announcements, their stories, showing pictures, showing video of these cars and trucks right now, like two weeks ahead of time. It's very strange. I don't really understand it. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of those stories. Uh, yeah, it's a thing. So guys, I hope you have a happy new year. Hope you enjoy this episode. Follow up after the bump. So first up is a car that we actually know a little bit about, uh, a luxury sports sedan uh, that's looking to really shake up the market um, in the same way that its sibling did. I am uh, talking, of course, about the Genesis G70, the new mid-size luxury sedan uh, from the Genesis brand, think Hyundai there. Um, It is based on the same chassis as the Kia Stinger, which debuted earlier in 2017. Uh, Both cars will share the same powertrains, uh, but the Genesis is getting a little bit more sports performance attention from an engineer who used to work for the BMW M division, while the Stinger is pretty competent on the road. Um, It is a little squishy at times. Uh, This is promised to be a little bit more honed and toned uh, when it comes to the driving experience. Uh, It seems like what they're saying uh, from Car and Driver, Motor Trend, a lot of other press junkets, they did get to drive the car in Korea earlier this year. It is a pretty button-down vehicle. Um, The 2.0-liter turbo on the base trim model uh, packs plenty of punch. It's 255 horsepower. It's enough to get going. It's competent in its class. Perhaps not quite as competent as what's available in the Alfa Romeo Guglia. Uh, but nevertheless, it seems like it's a pretty good way to go. Eight-speed automatic, limited split or limited slip diff in the back. Uh, the V6 model, the twin-turbo 3.3-liter V6, uh, makes 365 horsepower. They also have available all-wheel drive on both versions. Hopefully, it looks or it drives as well as what it looks. I think it's a really dramatically good-looking car, especially compared to the G80 and the G90, which look good, but they've been around for a little bit. This looks pretty fresh, uh, both on the exterior and especially the interior. Um, Granted, it is a lot of familiar Hyundai parts dressed up a little bit on the inside, but it's familiar in a way that's good, uh, that makes it uh, at least what I assume to be a smart buy going into 2018. Pricing hasn't been announced on the car. Um, We can expect that it's probably going to start around 30 grand, maybe a little bit less. It depends on where Hyundai wants Genesis to sit in the luxury segment. Um, I don't know if they want to undercut the Stinger, which is technically a larger car, 
but at the same time if you're getting more features and a little bit more luxury trim in the G70 versus the Stinger it makes sense for it to start a little bit more who knows it's tough to say but figuring you start around 30 grand I can't think of too many other cars for around that price that I would rather have granted you could get a pretty well equipped Honda Accord 2 liter turbo or a uh, V6 uh, Toyota Camry which would probably be a pretty quick strange competitor to this car uh, but uh, yeah it seems like it's gonna be a pretty good deal and for forty ish thousand dollars to get the twin turbo v6 all-wheel drive you're probably looking at forty five maybe fifty thousand dollars you know really lux luxury trimmed fully equipped uh, still a relative value compared to a lot of the other performance cars that'll be in that segment so presumably Genesis are, is going to have this car at the North American International Auto Show. Presumably they're going to start talking about pricing around then. Um, it's fairly certain that we're going to start seeing this car pop up on streets probably come spring. Uh, but even then, we're not entirely sure. It's always good to have a new competitor in this segment. A uh, segment that's, of course, always been dominated by the BMW 3 Series, the Mercedes-Benz C-Class, the A4 a little bit more recently. Um, you know, a lot has been written about the ATS and how the chassis tuning is right there. Some of the luxury elements are nearly there, but it's the the powertrain that really lets it down. And hopefully Genesis can avoid that kind of pitfall. Uh, it looks like Alfa Romeo dug themselves out, winning the 2017 Car of the Year for the Guglia, uh, which is shocking to me still that they were able to do that. But that's a car that has the powertrain, has the chassis, has some of the interior refinement necessary to be a competitor of the 3 Series. So. Hopefully, Genesis can do what couldn't be done by a lot of other automakers uh, over the past 30 years and uh, pull it off this time. We'll see. So like the Genesis G70, we know that this car's coming, but we don't know a whole lot of details about it. Uh, so that is the 2019 Ford Focus, and it is a car that really has a lot of questions that haven't been answered. Uh, Ford has been driving these prototypes around here in the U.S. and in Europe uh, with wraps that say, yes, this is a, the new Focus. If you want to learn more, go to this website kind of thing, which is neat that they know that people are excited for the next version of the car. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of fog around this segment, at least with Ford. Uh, Ford seems to be toying with the idea that crossovers and SUVs are the, the money spot. Uh, FCA very famously decided uh, late 2016, early 2017 that they're not going to develop any more small or mid-sized cars anymore uh, because it's not worth their time and money. They'd rather just co-develop it with somebody else or outright buy another car from somebody else and rebrand it as their own. Ford is not quite saying that yet, but they have been making moves to say that the Fusion is probably going to die uh, a death very soon. Uh, the Fiesta sounds like it's not going to get renewed in the United States, much to my chagrin. Uh, so this Focus has got a lot riding on, especially here in the United States. It looks like it's going to be shared with Europe, uh, which is good. The question is whether or not it's an all-new chassis. Probably not. More than likely it's an evolution of what we already have, which is still a good car. It's pretty competent. It could use a refresh. Um, a little more strength would be good. A better rear suspension would be nice, but uh, overall it's pretty well-regarded chassis. 
There are some questions about powertrains where Ford has spent a lot of money, uh, a lot of time investing in the EcoBoost brand. Uh, they did drop some of the more mainstream uh, powertrains, at least here in the U.S., and they started offering the one-liter three-cylinder turbo engine as an available thing to choose in the lineup, but it hasn't really set the world on fire, at least in terms of the focus. Um, so the question is whether or not it's going to re uh, relieve the 1.6-liter of its duty. My guess is probably not, because Ford does need a cheap car in the lineup. But if they go EcoBoost all the way through, it's headlines for them. I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough to say what they're going to do. Uh, Interior-wise, you know, there's not a whole lot that they can really improve. It's pretty a nice car. Better materials on the dash would be nice, but the 2014 refresh on the car really did help things a lot. Um, infotainment's still pretty good in the Ford. You can make an argument for uh, the Ford Sync system, the Sync 3 system, to be a top trim thing. The question just really becomes, where does this car sit in the lineup? Uh, Ford seems to be leaning a little bit harder into the, uh, what do you call it, the Eco Sport as a Fiesta replacement, is based on the Fiesta's chassis, uh, but it is a small crossover SUV. If the Fusion's dying, the question is whether or not that's going to be replaced by a smaller version of the Taurus, or if it's just going to be killed off altogether. So the Fusion kind of has to, or excuse me, the Focus kind of has to straddle a weird part of the segment where it's going to be covering a lot of ground. Uh, it would be interesting to see if they do something like what they've done with the Fiesta in the UK, where they offer three different trims. There's a luxury Vingal version, there's a sporty S trim line, or ST trim line, there's the regular uh, Fiesta, and then there's like a, they call it the Fiesta Active, uh, which is a raised up one that kind of looked like an STV, uh, but it doesn't have four-wheel drive. Ford could do something like that. I think it would be a smart choice in the American market, but I mean, it's we're three sheets to the wind at this point. Uh, Ford needs to make this car a hit because it is one of their top-selling vehicles in the world. Same thing with the Fiesta. It's shocking to me that they would choose not to continue to do the Fiesta here, especially when it is sold so well. Same thing with the Focus. Like, it's, I don't know. There's just so many questions about this car, and I'm really eager to hear what Ford has to say. Um, you know, <laughs> I do own a Fiesta. I would love to buy another Fiesta, a brand new one, specifically the one they have in the UK. Uh, but if it has to be a Focus in the near future, if it's going to be a lighter, smaller, more fuel-efficient version of itself, I'm not opposed to it. After all, there's not a huge size difference between the current Fiesta and the current Focus. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an exciting time at Ford because there's new opportunities for them to do something really cool. But it's also scary because they're trying to make the same mistake the FCA is making. I Yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see in a couple weeks. Who knows? Last up a story we pretty much know nothing officially about. A scary story. A story that terrifies fans of this car and has terrified us for a long time. And that is the 2019? 2020? 2021? We don't really know Chevrolet Corvette C8. Uh, there have been prototypes of the Corvette driving around in Europe for years that appear to be mid-engine chassis prototypes. We've seen CNC blueprints of a what's being called an LT7, a twin-turbo 5-liter V8 that's going to have variable ranges of horsepower and power delivery. Uh, we've heard them talk about an 8-speed dual-clutch gearbox. We've heard a lot of talk about this platform becoming a serious 
world competitor uh, to the Porsche 911, to the Audi R8, to so many different vehicles. And the question is whether or not GM has the guts to pull the trigger on a plan as bold as this. Uh, GM has been dabbling with the idea of a mid-engine Corvette since the middle-late 70s. Uh, at one point, they even talked about doing a turbocharged Wankel rotary-powered mid-engine Corvette. And that's fucking insane. And this new one is a little more grounded in reality. After all, the most serious performance sports cars out there today do have a mid-engine layout. Uh, they do have turbocharged uh, V8s, V6s. Uh, yeah, you know, there's just, we we're having a little bit of a crisis in, of conscience with GM right now, especially when it applies to performance cars and their lineup. The Camaro has really exceeded expectations for what people thought they could do. After all, the Alpha chassis is a very well-designed chassis that is capable of doing amazing, incredible things. And with the right kind of rubber, with the right kind of powertrain, with the right, right kind of aero package, it's shown that the Camaro is significantly faster than the Corvette. It's more stable, uh, gives people more confidence. It's just a better car. And the Camaro is now pricing where the Corvette historically has been, around that $50,000 mark to get a front-engine, rear-wheel drive, V8 with a stick kind of thing. The Corvette, on the other hand, you know, sits in that price range, but it's an old man's car, you know, and it's it's still the attainable sports car that... Any person could save up enough pennies to get, but that's no longer special. And GM wants to take the performance to the leader, think 911 here, and they want to dominate, you know, racing on the track, which is becoming increasingly difficult for a front-engine rear-drive chassis. Uh, they have got their work cut out for them, and it seems like the easy way to do it is to make a car that is mid-engine, rear-wheel drive, or maybe even all-wheel drive, uh, with the proper modern engine technology. Think V8 and twin turbos. And I don't know if I like it. You know, already the top trim Corvettes, the fancy Corvettes are hundred, hundred and $120,000 or more. And in that price range, you have to kind of start expecting a mid-engine sports car. Now, granted, the current Corvette can still hang out there with the best that Italy and Germany and France and the UK and Japan have to offer, but we're starting to see the limitations of the chassis. Is that a problem with the C7 chassis? Maybe. Um, is that a problem with the transverse mounted leaf spring rear suspension? Probably. Um, is that a limitation of the supercharged V8 that they're sticking with? Probably. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways that they could modernize the Corvette to make it better. And it's just a question of whether or not they're going to do it. Um, personally, I think Chevrolet should probably keep the Corvette a front-engine rear-wheel drive car. I think they should probably make a cheaper Corvette to keep it, keep it in that $50,000 range and then make better Corvettes that are further ahead with better technology. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm a huge Corvette fan. The Corvette has always been my favorite car. It will more than likely always be my favorite car. So there's a lot riding on this. And, you know, it's exciting to know that a new Corvette is coming. That's always an exciting thing. But it's kind of scary as a Corvette fan to know that everything that you've come to love might be going away in some way very soon.
Alright guys, that just about wraps up this episode, the final episode of the Salvage Title Podcast for 2017. As always, I'm your host, Brad Isleck, and you can reach out to me on Twitter at YSSMAN, that's Iceman, or you can hit me up on anchor.fm slash YSSMAN, where you can drop me a line and tell me about what you are looking forward to in 2018 when it comes to car news, car culture, car, whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's been a year, guys. There have been a lot of weird launches in the past year. There have been a lot of cool announcements in the past year. I'm trying to think of something that really stands out in my brain, and what's the only thing that's really coming to mind is the, the Hyundai Kona. I don't know why. That's the thing. I'm just seeing that teal color, and I'm really looking forward to seeing this thing in person because the Nissan Juke is dead, and I'm distraught, and the Nissan Kicks is a terrible vehicle, and I already hate it. So, yeah, hopefully this is my, my little replacement that's in the marketplace. We'll see. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of 2017 if you listen to this before the end of the year. Hey guys, if you're listening to 2018, hope you're having a good new year. We still got a lot of work cut out for us in the next 12 months. We got a lot of stuff to do. Make the world a better place around you. Do good things for other people. Be a good person. Say hi to somebody in the street. That's always a good start. Anyway guys, have a happy new year. Have a happy and safe 2018. And we'll see you next time on the South Shadow Podcast. We'll